Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Uh, you may be seated again. This is uh, the class on time management with Pastor Bounds. And um, looks like a great group here. Uh, it really does. And so pondering this, I'm, I'm going to share some things in my own life. Uh, how many ever felt that you were told that you were too busy? How many ever felt like you were too busy? Yeah. It's easy to get there. Uh, you don't know which way you're going sometimes. But like you'll catch up with yourself, somebody said. Uh, time management is very critical. It's very key. And I think we have to be very wise. How do we handle time? What, what is time? It's, uh, uh, I want to first say that time is a gift from God. Time is a gift from God. As much as we believe that God gives us life, we as Christians believe that life begins at conception. Isn't that right? And that the nine months around that you spend in the womb and then when you're born, Jeremiah in one five says that God said, Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee to be what? A prophet. And so from the very moment of conception, through the birth, God already had a plan for your life. How do you fulfill that plan for your life? It's been able to manage your life. And we, we teach here at the church twice a year about financial peace, managing finances, because we believe that all good gifts come from the Father of lights. We believe your finances are from the Lord. You've got to learn to manage that. And uh, if you have good health, and uh, then you get bad health, then you realize how great a gift good health was. I'll never forget, just a couple years ago, years ago, I got so, I was so sick, and uh, come on in, yeah, yeah, that's okay, yeah, 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 we had a couple get baptized tonight, isn't that wonderful? That's so wonderful. I was, I was so, uh, so sick, and uh, I remember being in that moment of sickness thinking, boy, I didn't realize how good not being sick was. And, uh, but when you realize that time really is a gift, and what we've learned recently with the passing of Sister Megan, our time with her was a gift. Time we have with each other is a gift. So let's just come out of the gate here tonight talking about this, is why in the world should we waste time if it's a gift? What should we do with time? When you woke up this morning, God dropped in your bank account 86,400 seconds into your account today. 86,400 seconds were placed in your care for you to do something with. Did you use it? Did you waste it? Uh, what are you doing with that time? I personally believe that there are three things that we are going to find in judgment. I believe that God will judge us. The Bible says, uh, I believe that we will be judged on three things. If you're writing these down, I recommend taking notes. But one of those things that you're going to be judged on is what you did with your talent. God has given all of us talents. Everybody in the room. He's going to judge you on what you did with your treasure or your valuable possessions of life. What did you do with your possessions? So he's going to judge you on what you did with your talent or your giftings, your treasure. Third, he's going to judge you on what did you do with time. Time. Everybody say time. time. We have to manage our giftings, do we not? I think that giftings have to be managed, have to be created. I, I went to... I was in, in um, overseas, and uh, while well, I was in Holland, and they handed me a, a, a block of wood about that big. And they said, there's a shoe inside that block of wood. And they took my measurement of my foot 
And they put that shoe in a machine and it carved out a wooden shoe. Because in Holland, that's, that's what they're known for. And they made me a pair of wooden shoes that fit my foot. But gifts are like that. They're in you, but they have to be, uh, they have to be worked out. And I would say to you, what are you doing with your giftings? Because God has given you a gift specifically. One thing that's amazing in the church is most people come and they'll find out, hey, you know, I've got a purpose. I've got a gifting. I've seen people that didn't think they had any value of life until they came to the Lord and they began to see things in their life. I believe God wants us to operate in our gifting. Amen? Amen. Finance is the same way. You know, uh, they... Uh, uh, they gave a homeless man one time. They gathered up. They uh, they gathered gathered up a hundred thousand dollars. This this these people did a hundred thousand dollars, and they gave this man a homeless man one hundred thousand dollars. And they studied him, and he went out and bought a sixty thousand dollar vehicle. Sixty thousand dollar vehicle. And uh, he was, in six months, he didn't have enough money to put gas inside the car. Because the problem wasn't that he didn't have access to it. The problem was he didn't know how to manage it. Managing is as learning wisdom, we would call it wisdom and knowledge, is as important as having something. So God has given you a hundred thousand seconds, if you will. What are you going to do with it? You got to learn how to manage it. What's it to be used for? I believe that when I'm looking at the balancing of time, and what I've meditated on this and studying for the for today is this: you are either using time to gain strength, you're either wasting it. Or you are using it for some level of effectiveness. And I, I put this in it this way. Time should be used to gain rest. It's either, it's either wasted or it's a, it's a place where you're going to strengthen something. So you're either resting, you are either wasting, or you are either strengthening. Everybody say wasting. wasting. Everybody say resting. resting. And strengthening. strengthening. What can you use time for? You can use time to strengthen a relationship, right? If you do not take time in a relationship, the relationship will do what? It will weaken. It really will. You use time to strengthen your finances. You have a job. You go to the work. You're strengthening your finances by going to that job. If you do not have a job, it takes time, right, to have a job. What's going to happen to your finances? They're going to they're weaken. So time is used to strengthen things in your life. But you can only work so much until you no longer have physical strength. Is that correct? So time must be used to do what? Rest. Rest. You know, an average person sleeps 30 years of their life. 30 years. person that lives because you're sleeping eight hours a day, right? So a person sleeps eight hours a day, that's a third of their life. They're going to sleep possibly 30, and if you take 45-minute naps in the day, you know, and an hour and a half nap, anybody else? <laughs> Any nappers in the building? Uh, you're going to sleep. You are sleeping. Man, when I heard that statistic, it made me mad. Sleeping 30 years of my life when all the sun sets the sea. All of the sights to go see. All the people to preach the gospel to. All the things to do in the churches to build to be sleeping. Bothered me. And uh, because passionate people want to take advantage of what? The time. And so there's verses. And uh, there's verses that, that talk about this. And it says in Proverbs 6 and 6. It says, go to the ant. Thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no God, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer 
and gather her food in the harvest? How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? Look at your neighbor and say, sluggard. <laughs> when will thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that, tra one that traveleth, and thou want as an armed man. He said a person, another verse talks about love not sleep. Why? It will bring you into where? Poverty. Because you've got to take and do something with the time that God has given you. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. I knew one guy, he was a business owner. He started starting these uh, quick cash places and uh, uh, around. And he, he got so into these things, into these businesses, that he went to the other end of the spectrum that he had no time to what? He had no time to rest. So he started taking things to keep him and to keep his energy up. Yeah, that's true. And what happened? Things went downhill in his life. He could do it for a little while. But eventually, you're going to find the body's going to catch up with you. And the body can't handle it because the body was made to do what? To rest. And so, yes, you can get out of sorts. And so here I am. I've got I've got coffee here because it's it's a self-medicator. Those <laughs> ADD people stay focused. And I just like it. But uh, but what happens is if you get off out of balance with time, don't want to rest, no time to rest, your body will begin to break down. So where's the balance of time management? Why are you doing what you're doing? What are you driving? And if I was the devil and somebody had a purpose, you know what I'd try to do? I would try to run them in the ground. I would put things ahead of them, like the carrot in front of the donkey, and make them keep running and running and running, never reaching what they're supposed to reach. So eventually they will break down and get out of the way. Because we don't need you just here for a few moments. We want to keep you around here for a long time. And so the devil knows if I can push you beyond what you're supposed to, what's going to happen? The body will break down. Can you get out of balance with good intentions? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You can get out of balance with good intentions. You can get out of balance with ministry. You can get out of balance in all kinds of areas. And so you got to understand that even Jesus, he took time to walk away from ministry, went up into the mountain with nobody around, not even a disciple, and he rested. He did. He got away from everybody and everything because all of us need some time alone. You say, Jesus? You mean Jesus had to rest? The Bible says he was wearied with his journey in John 4. And what did he do? He sat down on a well, and he asked for a drink, did he not? A drink of water, that is. And so when you begin to look at this, you've got to see that Jesus was perfect in all of his ways, and sometimes he left the need and, and went to take care of his body. And what we have to realize, we have to be balanced in time. And I read a verse that says, love not sleep. And consider the an old slugger. But how about how about being too extreme? Not taking time for self. What happens if you do not take time for yourself? Let's read it, read a few more. So we're either resting, we're either wasting, or we're strengthening. Everybody say strengthening. strengthening. It says Proverbs 21 and 17. And so rest comes in all kinds of forms, not just sleeping, but Proverbs 21, 17 says, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. What's it saying? It says a person that's always looking for pleasing things and entertainment, they're going to become poor. Why? It's out of balance. It's not, like, it's not that you can't have pleasure. Solomon later talked about He said, you need to enjoy pleasure of the fruit of your labor. He went on to say. 
He made a lot of statements about your gift in this life is to enjoy the fruit of your hand or the fruit of your work. So he shouldn't work all the time. Back in West Virginia, they, they do these things like, uh, and I don't know how they do it here, but in the coal mines, you know, once the unions come in and then there was incentives that would come in. And you didn't have to work before then, before the unions came in the coal mines. I mean, you had to work as much as they told you to work, as many shifts as they told you to work, without a break. And you couldn't do anything about it. If you leave, somebody else gets your job. Then unions come in back in the day and sort of stabilize some of that. But then they would have incentives now under the union that you could work, that you could, you, if, if it was your birthday, they would pay you triple time. And if it was a holiday, uh, and if it was a holiday, then they would pay you double overtime. And there was these, not just overtime, you get double overtime on those days. Until every day that you would have off, it was an incentive to stay in work so you could have more. Does that make sense? Until I have a one of my family members, not in the coal mine industry, but he was working anywhere between 75 and 110 hours a week. 75. I'm not exaggerating. 75, my cousin told me, he said, I missed all the valuable years of my children. He said, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there for their moments. I wasn't there for their events. I wasn't there. And he said, I regret it so much. Because in the mind of a young, and, uh, and I realize in this session, some are older, a lot of our maybe young marrieds are, are over there in that session today. But what you got to understand is stuff isn't going to satisfy you. Pleasure's not going to satisfy you. It's going to satisfy the moment. But when you're working so much to have, and you don't ever have time to enjoy what you've bought. Does that make sense? I'm going to quote my dad. He said, I regret working one day of overtime. He said, if I could go back again, he said, I'd have tried to live less. And not work one day over. He said, because my kids grow up too fast. And when I'm talking to you all in time management, yes, there is a there is there is time that you gotta get things to happen, but it should not be a lifestyle to where all you do is work. Everybody say guilt. So the devil operates with this this. This pushing, okay? God doesn't ever push you. He pulls you. Everybody say, God pulls us. God doesn't push you to where he's not. God pulls you to where he is. The devil will push you to where God's not. And what he uses is a word called guilt. Guilt, write this down, take notes. Guilt is never from God. God doesn't operate in guilt. God doesn't operate in condemnation. I'm doing this because I feel guilty. God doesn't operate that way. God operates in conviction and hope and faith. And you make decisions with God out of peace. Everybody say peace. peace. Don't make decisions because of guilt. So if you spend all your time with people, you have no time for who? Yeah. If you spend all your time with yourself, you're selfish. <laughs> but you've got to have time to spend with people. There's a book out. It's called Choosing to Cheat. You can write that down. It's a, it's a good read. Choosing to Cheat. Say that with me. Choosing to Cheat. What's it talking about? It's talking about uh, um, where, where your time is spent. And what it says is that when you leave your family to go to work, you are cheating your family of time you could be with them. When you take time away from work to go on vacation with your family, you're cheating the company that you work for. And if you're spending time with your children, you're not necessarily having time for yourself. And if you are spending time with people or self or at work, you might not be spending time with God. And when you have to make a choice, when you have to make a choice, you have to choose 
Who are you going to cheat? Number one, you should never cheat God. Because I'm telling you what happens. Even from a minister's perspective, God, a lot of times, is the one put on the bottom of the list. And He has always chosen to be number one. And I have found that God will allow your time to become frustrated because He's going to be God. He's not going to play second fiddle. He might be tolerant for a little while. He's not going to take second seat. Seek ye first the early will I. What's that mean? That means when the sun comes up and you start your day. I mean, we're talking about the scripture. They couldn't work at night, right? Work, work while it's day lest night come upon you. That's what it's saying because when the lights went out back then, they didn't have, they didn't have these lights like we had. That's right. And so what you find is the concept is if we're not careful, we put God to the end of the day. And when the scripture was, before you start the day, when you take advantage of the light. You know, how many's ever heard, man, we're burning? We, you need to get over here, we're burning daylight. You ever heard that term? That means we're running out of time. And we've said that a lot of times when we're working with concrete. Man, we're burning daylight. We've got to get this done. You can't wait around when you're, when you're, when you're pouring concrete. I mean, time's of essence. And what you're looking at is God was saying, they were saying, people that were blessed, is if you're going to manage time, take time for God first. And watch what happens the rest of the day. But watch what happens when you ignore God and you put him at the end of the day. You're pretty much wasting the day. You, 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 you will do a lot and not get a lot done. It's like running on a treadmill. How many's ever run miles on a treadmill? You didn't go anywhere. But you ran miles in one spot. And I have watched families, individuals, people over there do all kinds of things and never go anywhere. Never accomplish anything. But boy, they're busy. They're busy with time, but they're not putting God first. And we teach on tithing here at the church. We do. We teach tithing that God puts his hands in that. But I'm going to tell you, what about time? God can put his hand upon your time the same way he does in your finances. And how? By giving him that first part of your day. Somebody say amen. amen. He knows what today is going to hold. You do not. God is never surprised. But we are. But when we seek God and say, Lord, let's just take here for a moment. Let's take some time for God here for a moment. Lord, you know what's going to go today. You know who I'm going to run into or who I'm supposed to run into. You know what's going on, the sickness that could be ahead. You know what financial situation. You know what economy is going to be today, tomorrow, next year. Lord, I'm asking you to order my steps, and I want to do it your way, not my way. There's somebody that you're causing me to be in their life to change them. And there's somebody you're putting in my path to change me. God uses people to help people. And so, Lord, I don't want to be so busy that I walk past that opportunity to bless somebody or to have somebody to bless me. That is ordering your steps. God, you know, I grew up and they sang a song, I can't even walk without you. I think sometimes we're pulling his hand off. Because we got so much stuff to do. We got to do list. I'm going to give a recommendation here. Uh, do y'all have to do lists at your house? Y'all have those? You have those things? I, I met with some of our team a while back and I told them, I said, You need to finish what you can and you need to remove from the list what you're never going to do. Building all this stuff, no time, and do what you can do right now. That's pray. Everybody say pray. Pray. Everybody see that. I want you to lift your hands for a moment. I want you to tell God, Lord, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to wrap my day in prayer. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to write it out. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to let this be how I start tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Prayer caused me to mature beyond my years. 
It did. I was preaching revivals at 17 years old. And I didn't always understand what I was doing. It's not that I didn't have to grow up. I wasn't no mature man at 17. None of us were. were. But there was something I learned. The Bible says that Isaiah was 16, and as long as he sought the Lord, the Lord what? Prospered him. He took time. Everybody say time. <coughs> to seek God. And in those moments, I would get up every morning at 5.30 as a teenager and pray. Now, some days I slept when I got to the prayer room. I'm going to act like I was that spiritual all the time. <laughs> but I got up to pray. What was I doing? I was seeking God for my life. I was taking time for Him. I was so consistent, I could wake up with no alarm. I, I lean over and I look at the, at the clock. It would be 5.30. I could just get up. those clockwork. But I went to bed as a teenager at 9 o'clock. I told you I was an old soul. <laughs> I'd go to bed. But I had things I needed to do and I knew I needed rest. And in a world of social media and television and the internet and all these things, what it's doing is causing people to lose sleep. Now they can't get up on time. Can't have time for God. Why? Because they love what? Pleasure. Social media, entertainment, even the news in reality has a place, but it becomes pleasure. And it says, you shall be a poor man. I believe you can become poor spiritually, poor emotionally, even poor physically. It doesn't matter who you are. You cannot do well with a little sleep. It will affect your body. Isn't that true? Amen. You control your time. Everybody hold your hand and say, God has put 86,400 seconds for me to manage every day. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to manage that? And so you have to categorize it. Am I using this to get rest? Am I using this to strengthen something? Or am I what? Wasting it. At what point does entertainment become a waste? And at what point does entertainment help you rest? Can entertainment help you rest? Absolutely. Are we against entertainment? No, against entertainment. What's entertainment? I say entertainment, you picture a screen. How about playing cards with somebody that you know? Playing some games. How about setting that? I'm going to tell you one of my favorite entertainments. You know what it is? Food. <laughs> I like to eat. I like to cook. I like to prepare it. Isn't that? I mean, people find certain ways. I like to watch sunsets, sit on my porch, and do absolutely <coughs> nothing. A cup of coffee in my hand and watch the sun go down. I'm about the only one in my house interested in that. But I enjoy it. I'll say every now and then, Cindy, run up on the hill. Let's go to the top of the hill, top of the field. Let's look at this beautiful sunset. And it's got all these different shades of orange and red and pink and all this stuff. I like that. It gets my mind off of what? I personally like to be with things. It gets my mind off of stressful things. Because as a pastor, I have to make a lot, I have to make a lot of decisions. Constantly. And I need moments where I'm not doing what? I'm not making any decisions. I told Cindy this week, I said, come here for a minute. She said, what? I said, I need you to pick me up a towel. I don't want to make that decision. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's true. It's called... Decision fatigue. And a lot of people, everybody say decision fatigue. Decision fatigue. A lot of your CEOs, people that run companies, they have five outfits. They might have multiple of those outfits, but they only own five outfits. Why? Because they understand you have limitations on how much you can do. And you have to manage time and say, why am I wearing what I'm wearing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why, why am I going through this motion? Am I accomplishing anything in my life? Everybody say, I want time, I want time. To, strengthen. to strengthen and to rest. And to rest. But I don't, want to waste time. don't want to waste time. There was a moment in my life, and, and I'll be transparent with you here, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a passionate person, as we all most are, passionate people. You know, God calls you. And I want to tell you, there's something that moves me. As I think of one lost sinner, it moves me like nothing else. 
But that one person could be dying and going to hell because no one's ever talked to them. Never heard the gospel. Keeps me awake at night. So he says, it, it found a little more balance now. I'm talking about burdening me. And uh, I got involved in a lot of ministries and, and the, the anointing of the Lord is in my life and, and the call of God is in my life. And, and with that comes uh, had some, some great moments in the community and meeting people and I felt like God opened some doors. But And uh, I never felt like when I go to sleep at night, I was finished. I always felt incomplete. That I'll try again tomorrow. Why? Because there's a sinner lost. There's a city that doesn't have a church. There's another person stepping into eternity. Understand what I'm saying? And uh, um, I got to a place, and I didn't know it, but incrementally over years of planting a church in, in Crooksville and, and then uh, went on to multiple campuses and then traveling and trying to balance that. I, I remember one time I, I was just going to focus on Zanesville. Bishop David Menard, please hand on my head. Didn't even know who it was. Boy, he started praying over me right here in the church. In Jesus' name, he started saying, you can't just focus here. God's called you behind, beyond here. You cannot. And I just told Cindy, Cindy, I'm, I'm, I'm not traveling anymore this year. I'm going to stay right here. And he come over and had no clue what I whispered in her ear. You can't just stay here. I took that as a sign from God. But trying to balance travel, wife, four children, a home to keep up. That's enough. A car to maintain. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Yeah. And so all of those things, kids take time. Your spouse is going to take time. One church is going to take time. Another church. I was on 10 boards in the community. And I'll never forget somebody come up to me. I'm talking about time management here. Somebody come up to me and prophesied to me. And they said, the Lord wants me to tell you that he maketh me to lie down. She said, if you don't stop, he's going to make you lie down. Now, I have to say, I didn't have to what they were talking about. Because I felt like I wasn't doing enough. That's the fact. That's I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And I think sometimes... We're looking at what we're not doing and sometimes focusing. I remember some weeks, and uh, I recommend recommend this and uh, throw this in here. Log your hours. Log your hours for one month. Where you put every hour. You can do it at the end of the day. You can, you can buy a, a, a daily planner, and this is what I did. It, it changed my perspective because I had a, I had a uh, come here, I had a hand on my back, if you will, I had God pulling me places for sure, but I also had this hand on my back trying to push me. Understand? And I would, thank you, I would at the end of the week, I felt like, man, I, I didn't put enough hours, I didn't reach this, I didn't get to call this person. You know what I'm talking about, you pastor, you know how it is. I didn't get a hold of this person. And then every now and then, you know, somebody say, oh, you forgot this, you, you didn't do this. And, oh, I'd crumble. And uh, log my hours, and I'd have 90 hours in ministry that week. And the fact started speaking against the wrong emotion. Does it make sense? And so if you want to know where you're putting your time, what would you do with finances? If you started not being able to pay your bills, what do you do? You, you go back and you track your receipts. You put it in, you create a budget, and you say, where's my money going? I hope y'all have done that at some point. You're think, I can't believe I've been eating out that much. Right? Where to Walmart? Start stealing all my money, yeah? And uh, you start managing. How about manage time that way that you log it for one month? I, I tell our, I mean, I teach this to our young couples getting married. Log your time. Everybody say log the time. Log the time. Very easy to do. You can print it off on an on a internet. I can get you a time uh, management paper where you can log that, whatever. I'd be glad to help you. But log where you put your time. It'll speak volumes to you. When you have sat down, you won't realize that you've been on, you've watched the news for three hours, or you you spent five hours on the internet, or you put it here, and then you, you, you say to God, I don't have time, but really, you do, but it's just put somewhere else. Does that make sense? And uh, for men, the amount of time that might go into a sport they like, or a hobby they like, and you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything because your, your pleasure is consuming your time. 
You are in control of 86,400 seconds. It's up to you what happens in those seconds. Instead of letting time control you or culture or family traditions, you've got to get in control of your time. I'm going to manage it. I'm going to control it. And I'm going to do something with it. You've got to get to a place where you want your time to do what? To affect other people, not just yourself. And that's what we call management. I want you to write this down. Ministry is what I do in the overflow of my devotion with God. Ministry is what I do in the overflow of my devotion with God. Ministry is what I do in the overflow of my devotion with God. Are you there? And what I found out is that what happened to me is busy got a hold of my life and took away from the time that I had with God. See, the devil will give you a good deed to keep you from a great one. And if you're ministering and not praying, maybe the person you're ministering to is not from the Lord. Did you hear me? Everybody say, the devil will give you a good deed to keep you from a great one. So what do you do? You put God first. And let everything fall into place. And you will find yourself complete in Him. Instead of unfulfilled. Because of unrealistic expectations. Let me help you. Did God call us? You think, did God call me to reach the world? Let's ask a real question. Did God call you to reach the world? God didn't call me to reach the world. He called me to reach a portion of the world. But he called his body to reach the whole world. Are you ready? I'm going to draw you a circle here. Let's draw the world. Let's, 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 let, you know. Let's just do the U.S. here. Did God call me to reach the U.S.? Don't laugh at my drawing. That was just off the field. Jillian obviously didn't get their artistic ability from me, did she? <laughs> then somewhere here, I don't even know how Ohio looks here. I can show you how West Virginia looks. But obviously God didn't call me to reach West Virginia. But if this is Ohio, and then you've got a little section down here, somewhere, Zanesville. He does, I believe, have me to be reaching southeastern Ohio. But not me, but the body that he's put under me. You understand this? And what happens is, if, if, Brother Aaron, watch this. If God called you to reach this, this, this much, and you branch out and you're trying to minister to here, you won't have the funds, you won't have the peace, and you won't have the energy. Because he only gives you enough to reach where he's called you to be. That's right. How do you manage time? Number one, what's my time being used for? To teach 30 people Bible studies a week? Or did he call me to preach, teach three of them a week? And so how do you find that? I'm going to help you. Follow. I realize I'm being spiritual here right now. Maybe, maybe about ministry. But I think we got to get this. Ministry is what he's called us to do. We're not just supposed to exist with jobs, right? Everybody say ministry. The Bible says follow peace with all men. What I learned. Over the years, there's been moments I was teaching people that God did not call me to teach. I was mentoring people that God did not call me to mentor. I was trying to reach people 
that God wasn't calling me to reach. And they were ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what the Bible says about it. And I was spinning my wheels on people that did not want to live this life. They just wanted my what? Time. And the devil, the devil knew it. And so out of good intentions and sometimes guilt, right here what I'm saying. And you have to be careful because that time has been given to not just be a blessing to you, but it's been given to be a blessing to others. It's the concept of blessing. Everybody take your hand out like this and say, he is blessing me. Not blessing me. He's blessing me. That means God financially, through tithes and offerings, he's going to open the windows of heaven. He's going to give me a blessing that I cannot what? Contain. So I'm going to have enough money and the blessing of God to bless myself, to take care of my needs, my wife, my kids, and I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else. That's biblical. You ready for this? I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. You're telling on yourself. Because when God blesses a person with time, they have time for what? Themselves, their family, and ministry. My mom said it this way. She said, Aaron, she said when Abraham was coming up one side of the mountain with Isaac, and she said, and he was willing to give Isaac to the Lord, she said, God had prepared a ram in the bushes. How many know that? He prepared a ram in the bushes. She said, because you will never outgive God. She said, when you give God of your time, he's going to give you time for you. You'll find time of rest. You'll find time of entertainment. You'll find time of doing stuff that you like to do that's just okay to have fun. I mean, no, we don't have to. I think we're out of balance. We think we got to preach 24 hours a day. Right? We're out of balance if we think we got to minister all the time. It's okay to do nothing because God will hand you moments to where you feel at peace and fulfillment because you have given first time to God. Then He's given time back to you. Lift your hand and say, That's the type of blessing I want. That's the type of blessing I want in my life, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, let it be that way. Lord, let it be that way. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray. In, in my moment, in my moment, uh, um, 2012, 2013, uh, in my moment, very critical moment in my life, and that this happened, it came to a, a major <laughs> spiritual battle. Uh, really did. Came through a major spiritual battle. I go to pray for like a plate with a metal plate was laying on me. It was a tough time in my life. Um, and I'll never forget, Brother Mealy, that three weeks after she prophesied to me that the Lord <coughs> maketh me to lie down, that three weeks later I went to preach a meeting I should have never been preaching. I preached it out of guilt. I'm on my way home. Eyes on the phone all the way down, about five hours, all the way back. I shouldn't have been at this meeting. I did it because I felt like I was a level of guilt in that. Uh, and I'm on my way back. What I didn't know, I developed a blood clot in my leg. And the neurologist later told me that it broke off and went to my brain. And, uh, uh, and I went numb on the right side of my body for 13 hours. Um, and uh, I'm sitting there numb, and I'm, I know something's not right, but we had prepared for this Bible study teaching that day. I don't know if how many of you were there, and I believe it was the day that Aaron got married. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I'm standing there, and you might not know this part of the story, but I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting, and it seems like you're going to go teach, and you're numb. I'm like, yeah, I can still move. I just can't feel anything. And I'm like, I, I am not missing this. I'm, we've waited once to get here. I mean, sometimes we can just be silly. You know, it's okay. I mean, and I stood before there, and I got to read my notes. When I did, all my 
lines that my verses went together. I said, hey, you know, Brother Sosa, come up here and read this. And I couldn't, I couldn't see, I couldn't see, I mean, I got 20-20 vision blurred. And I stepped back and he read. I turned around and faced this way and I could feel myself passing out. And uh, I turned back around and grabbed that. And my wife noticed that Brother Nehemiah up there, he, he stood beside me. When I opened my eyes, it's like he poured white milk from right to left. Just like that. It was a TIA. It's a type of ministry. And uh, I went on. There was a wedding that day. And they would have been fine because there was already another minister. I went there because there was this element you want to fulfill and you want to be a blessing. But my body was saying what? My body was saying that, hey, rest. Rest. And I'm going to give you a little, little bit of, of information here. And I wanted to be there at the wedding. I wanted to be at the Bible study. I wanted to do the things. But you know what? What I found out is when they went in and they told me, they said, because I had a trip scheduled, they said, you got a blood clotting disorder. You've got this. There's limitations. I'm laying in the back of an ambulance on the way to the I'm not telling this for y'all to feel sorry for me. I'm telling you to understand that passion of people can get out of balance. And I am in the back of an ambulance. I can see my wife in the cars. I'm laying in the back of the ambulance. They can be there. They walked in. A lady said this to me. She said, your schedule's full. I never saw her again. Your schedule's full. She said, you're a coffee drinker. <laughs> you know, you're a prophetess. <laughs> That's your neurologist. Yeah. Uh, but and, you, and, and your schedule's full, and you're a coffee drinker, and, and you're out of balance. I never saw her again. I don't remember what everybody else said, but I'll never forget what she said. She said, because what happens is when a person gets out of balance with time, they learn to manage it living on stress. The number one cause of catching the flu right now is not the age of a person. It's stress of a person. Where does stress come from? Should be just momentary things. But Americans have learned to live in a constant state of it. Chasing things that they were never meant to have. Are y'all with me? Yes. Having boards of the night, have no. Talking about time management here. And 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 what happens is she said, on the bottom of one kidney and on the top of the other kidney, you have an adrenal gland. And she said, she said. When you when like my dad one time lifted a car up off a guy, a car fell and was crushing the guy. He was able to take that and lift it up for a moment for that guy to get out. It was crushing him. His name was Lee Nichols. And Dad said, On any normal day I could have never been able to lift that car up in the air. But adrenaline will cause you to do stuff that's beyond your limitation. Right? It's only supposed to be used for moments. But what happens is when your schedule gets out of balance, you're working too much. You're taking too much on you. You're, you're, I mean, we're, we're living in a generation to where grandparents uh, are, are caring for the kids, and sometimes the grandkids. There's multi-generation in the house, and you know they could have, they, they would have retired, but they, they got to take care of this and this and this and this. And, this. and sometimes even middle age, they're, they're trying to make ends meet. Man, I feel the Lord moving in here right now. Let me minister to you from a practical perspective. I, I preached a while back that, that we're supposed to be in balance, uh, an even balance. Everybody say even balance. Yes. And uh, I'm going to give you a revelation right now that's going to help everybody in the room. And uh, what happens is when the adrenal glands squeeze, they deplete, it puts adrenaline in there. It causes you to feel good. It causes you to become very aware, strong, but when they start opening back up, when you're resting, guess what emotion you get? Guilt. You know that? When a person rests and the adrenal glands start filling up, guilt is the emotion that you ride to get back to normal. And what happens is, coffee that I'm drinking here tonight, just a little bit for a minute. But coffee is a 
medicine that people will put in their system that causes you to squeeze more adrenaline out of your adrenal glands. Which is, ladies and gentlemen, how to cope with stress. And you start living on a constant level of adrenaline in your system. We ought to be convicted by this. We deplete. I'm not against coffee. I'm drinking some tonight. But instead of resting, what do we do? We deplete. Instead of dealing with guilt and going ahead and resting, what do we do? We find something else to do. Busy people sometimes really don't need to be that busy. It's just what they've done. It's, it's sort of like people that love drama. Why do they love drama? I always turn up because they're trying, they're releasing something. They can't stand the thought of not. Are they sleeping? I want to help you with something else. Coffee will stay in your system. Caffeine, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, whatever it is, it will stay in your system for six to seven hours. And you will go to sleep, but your body will not rest. Everybody say time management. Time management. You, sleep, you sleep eight or nine hours and you feel weary. Why? Because not one of your organs shut down, slow down. How many of there's a heart rate that's a resting rate? Your lungs slow down. Jillian in the incubator, they would give her caffeine, Sister Williams. In the incubator. Three pound, ten ounce little baby. Because her lung rate was slow. And to give her caffeine would cause her lung rate to decrease. So they would give her caffeine uh, without, I mean, they would, they would, excuse me, let me say it this way. To give her caffeine because when she would go to sleep, her lung weight rate would naturally decrease. They did not want her lung rate to decrease, so they gave her caffeine. And she would sleep, but her organs wouldn't slow down. So you ever wondered why? You're tired all the time. And if you're tired, you cannot strengthen. And if you're tired, you're going to need what? Rest or some level of entertainment, right? And what happens is because of dietary issues and out of balance, what we end up doing with time is nothing because we don't feel good enough to take care of what God calls us to take care of. Sometimes time management just simply comes down to a diet and to do things that God calls you to do. I'm going to pray for you tonight because there's people in this room that feel pressure to be something beyond what you're supposed to be. How many believe you have a purpose? Time should affect others, not just yourself. Ministry. Everybody in this room has a ministry. I want us to lift our hands. God, I pray right now that your spirit would move upon them. That they would manage time from a biblical perspective by putting you first and causes our time to make us feel complete and accomplished. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.